hey, welcome to the Dream Home Movement. It's me, your host, Joe Violetta, and tonight we are talking about colour selection, which is oh so very, very important. Colour selection is so very important for your home, but it can be oh so easy to get wrong. For example, how do you know which colors go together? And then once you pick those colors, did you know there are factors that can actually change the way the color looks in your home? Oh my gosh, it's just feeling all too hard. And then on top of that, why are there so many shades of white? Because they're all different, you know, they're all different. And how do you know which one to choose? Well, I don't know the answers to any of those questions, which is why I've brought in an expert to tonight, Melinda Stead from Colour Designs. Now, Melinda is a colour and design consultant, so she is going to answer those questions for us and more. Plus, we have our regular segments. We've got the finance segment with Carl and the property geek out with Tara. Now, Melinda, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. I am looking forward to learning all about colour selection with you tonight. But before that, we're going to head off to a break. So we will see you on the other side. Let's take a quick break for a message from the Dream Home Movement podcast sponsor, Violetta Finance. Now, if that name sounds familiar, that is because that is my business that I own with my husband, Carl. Carl is an award-winning mortgage broker. He can help you organize your home loan, your property investment loan, commercial finance as well. He, he can even help you get a great deal on your car loan or asset finance. He'll research the options for you. He'll find you the best deal. He'll help you structure your loan correctly. And he will look after all of that boring, tedious paperwork for you. So if you are ready to renovate your home and you need finance or you're ready to make your next property purchase, Carl is the person to contact. Just Google Violeta Finance, V-I-O-L-E-T-A Finance to find our website. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook or you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to give you Carl's phone number, 0424-849-034. All right, that's it. Back to the show. Now, Melinda has over 10 years of industry knowledge, creating window and floor layouts for some of Australia's largest furniture companies. She is a colour and design consultant, a qualified colour consultant and design guru with a wealth of knowledge and colour up her sleeve. She loves to create colour designs which sparkle and shine. You're talking my language, Melinda. Melinda believes that colour is essential to creating the right atmosphere and that's why she thinks it is important to get color schemes right. I could not agree more. So uh, when Melinda is not creating wonderful color designs, you can find her sipping on a wine. Again, you're talking my language, going for a run, maybe not so much, (laughs) and spending time with her little family. And is your husband a painter as well? He's a painter by trade, but not a current, he doesn't currently paint. Oh, okay. Well, still sounds like you're a match made in heaven (laughs) with a shared shared interest. So welcome again to the studio. It's lovely to have you here. And I have so many questions about colour selection. So let's start from the, the very start. 
which is the why. Why is it so important to get the right color? And we're talking more about paint, mostly about paint today, Mm -hmm. the right paint color to suit your space. Well, when you think of yourself, just say your example, you're sitting in your lounge room right now, you're going to want to think that you want to create a mood and an atmosphere. You don't want to sit in a sterile environment. You want a warm environment, say you're sitting in your lounge at the moment. So you've really got to pick the right colour to create that mood and atmosphere for your space. It's also really important because the majority of that, of your walls and your ceiling, that is a large part of your space. And it so needs to be right, otherwise... Well, you're stuck. <laughs> you're going to have stuck with a colour that's making you not feel so good when you're sitting in that space. And it's the same for your work environment as well, really. It's not just at home. I think that's a really interesting point because it's not just a, about the way the space looks, but the colour affects the way the space feels. Yeah, and how you feel. And how you feel. That's so That's so true. One thing that I I noticed, I was actually scrolling through your (laughs) Instagram account (laughs) and I came across a really interesting post on there that I wanted to speak to you about. Mm -hmm. And in the post, you were talking about how there's different elements or different factors in your home that can actually change the way the color looks in like in your home. So it might look one way in the paint tin I don't know if that's what yeah. you call yeah, it no, that's right. or it might look one way in one another person's home and then yeah. different in yours so what are those factors that that affect that well if you're looking at just your home the first thing you need to look at is factors you know such as flooring rugs furniture curtains tiles cabinets your colors on your walls your paint colors if you're selecting them they need to work back with that you can't have them you don't want them to clash um, so if you're just thinking about repainting then obviously you need them to work with those items. If you're, you might be doing a big job and you might be redoing your flooring and might be choosing new curtains or new tiles or cabinetry, which then that's a whole nother ball game because that becomes almost a little bit harder because there's so many options out there. But if you're just wanting to repaint, you really need to look around and what you've got already and what the undertones are. Because each item has an undertone. Right. Okay. What? So, what do we? What do you mean by undertone? So, an undertone is basically an underlying color. So, you think of pure white, so white, but if you put another shade of white next to it, you'll be able to see a slight green or a slight red or pink or yellow, slight, slight, slight hint of another color in there. So, you might think you've got a neutral couch, but it's going to have an underlying tone in it so you want your paint color to work back with that not clash okay so you could have yeah something that you think is neutral neutral but it could clash with another neutral color because they've got different undertones undertones. so you might have a cool undertone in a neutral item yes so your couch but then you might go to the paint shop and pick a color that you think is going to work great but it's actually got a warm undertone Ah. Yeah, a bit of a clash going on. There. And you might not even pick up what the issue is, but it just won't look quite right. Yeah, that's right. And you're going, what, what's happened here? Kind of a thing in your scenario in your room or your space. Wow, that's really interesting. So to figure out what the undertone is, how would you go about doing that, do you think? Yeah, so say you've got your paint sample. You'd mm-hmm. put that, the best way to, that I to say to someone is to do is to put it up against a plain piece of white paper because that is true white. There's nothing else in there. And then you'll see a slight green or a slight colour come through. 
Okay, so it, I wish this was a visual medium because <laughs> Melinda has she's come into the studio so beautifully prepared. We've got all of these different color samples and a color wheel. So Melinda has two white color samples and she's got them up against white paper. I will take a photo of this and put this on Instagram because this is really interesting. And I can see those, they look completely different. So yeah. is the one on your right, this has one? that got like a bluey undertone? Yeah, perfect. Yep, so it's yep. got a cool undertone to it. And the other one has a warm undertone. Yes, light little bit of yellow to it. Wow. Yeah, so that, so interesting. That is wild. Well, definitely during the break we'll take a photo of that, chuck it up on Instagram and see if people can um, pick. Well, I've just given it away. But we'll just That's put right. it up on there. <laughs> Anyway, and people can see what we were were talking about. What other elements? Um, so lighting is the other huge factor which can really affect the way the colour is going to look in your room. Obviously, you've got two main types of lighting. You've got your natural light and then you've got your artificial light. So your natural light, you've got to think of, is there a lot of it coming into your space? Is there little? Is your, depending on your house or your building, is it south or north facing? If you've got a south-facing room, you're going to get a lot less light. So you're going to want to go a warmer colour. Even a white, it needs to have that warmer undertone. So it kind of gives that a bit more warmth to that room as such. If you've got a north-facing room or a room that's got a lot of beautiful natural light coming in, you can go a cooler colour and still have a warm atmosphere or mood in that space um, just because there's so much natural light flooding the space so it warms it up as well. Whereas artificial lighting, well, that's also very, very, I find that more tricky than natural lighting. Artificial lighting, everyone's got different lighting in their house. You know, you've got, say, you've got LED lighting, which that works well with both warm and cool colours. So you're not too affected there. Fluorescent lights produce a really cool blue. So they work much better with cool colours. Warm colours, they're just going to throw them off and it might look a bit funny in your space. A fluorescent light can also make a space look too pink or purple if it's got that undertone in it. So you okay. might go, this is a really cool grey, I like this, and then paint your walls in that grey. And then you go, oh my God, where the hell did that pink or purple come from? And that is the undertone in your paint colour coming through by your lighting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's just, something's just clicked for me then because I do uh, videos on my Mac computer. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I thought it was an issue with the computer, but the videos always come through looking really purple. So yeah. I wonder if it's to do with the, light. the lighting. Yeah. I'll have to check and see what sort of light lighting we've got. Yeah. So it could, totally could be. It's so, it's very, I really think artificial plays more effect on the way the paint is. The natural lighting. Then you've got halogens, and they can make a colour work look bright and sh shimmery. So they work really well with warm colours. They really sort of bring that warmth out of that in that colour on your wall. And then you've got in in I can't even speak. Listen to me. <laughs> Incandescent. Ah, listen to me. <laughs> but I don't even know what that is. And, and just another type of lighting. And this yeah. lighting creates a warmth and a yellow tone. So again, it's best to use with warm colours on your lighting. It would be my number one thing that really I think people don't think about when they paint. Well, no, I, w I wouldn't have thought of it. And then, I, I mean, I guess the real thing is a lot of people have got artwork and you need to really think about those those pieces too. What do you want to stand out? Do you want, um, you know, do you want your artwork to stand out or do you not want it to be a feature? So those kind of factors as well, really. Or do you want your furniture you might have 
a bright red sofa that you want to stand out. So again, those elements you've really got to make sure complement the colours you put on your wall and that you might want them to be a feature or you might want your wall colours to be a feature. So it's all those sort of factors that you can bring into Play. Okay, so say that you say you do have the bright red, red armchair that you want to stand out. Yeah, would you then go with more sort of neutral wall colours, or would or a contrasting, or what? What would you do? It would completely be up to what you'd want in your space. So you might want your whole room to be of bold colours. So you might want you could have a complementary colour or um, anything on your wall. Really, it's, that's where it comes down to the sort of the client giving me that feedback. So they might, they, like I said, they might want a bold, bright room, which is great. We can pick some colours that work with that. Or they might want, a, you know, white walls and then that red chair to just pop out. Okay. So it's really, that's where I really come down to the information from the client. They're okay. giving me that kind of, what kind of look they're after. So it's, it's that's more There's personalised. There's so many options out there. Yeah. 100%. You could do a million different things. So it's really up to the kind of look that they want to achieve. So I think we've already covered quite a few tips on choosing the right colour, as in looking at the light in your space, looking at your other furniture, Mm -hmm. figuring out if there's something that you want to have as a feature and use the the wall colours to make that happen. Do you have any other tips for choosing the right colours for your home? Um, Yes. So light colours, they can make a space feel bigger. So if you've got a small room, and you want it to make it be, make it a lot bigger, appear bigger, you can use um, a lighter colour. It's going to open that space up, as well as give it a little bit of a warmth feeling. A darker colours can make a room feel more elegant and sophisticated. So a lot of people sort of tend to veer away from dark colours on their walls, but it can create a really cool mood. Like if you've got a formal lounge or something, it could be cosy with an open fire. Just give that kind of, It's really up to what kind of mood you want to create again but yeah there's so many options out there with those colors um like i was saying before the main one is really getting those undertones right in your room because you don't want everything to clash otherwise it becomes really really tricky yeah so subtle uh, but so um so important what i would like to ask you is about white and the right white and we've already spoken a little bit about this because we've we've spoken about undertones but how do you choose the right white is it just about the undertones or is there there more to it because I didn't realize until uh, a couple of years ago when I started really getting into home improvement that there are a lot of different whites yeah I think it's the trickiest color to select I really do um the main thing you think Again, it comes back to that mood and the style of your house. So you might have a real beachy house. You might have a really modern contemporary house. You might have a country house. So you've really got to think about your style and what kind of a feeling you want in there. You know, like if you've got a country house, you want it to be warmer and cosy. If you've got a beachy house, you want it to be, you know, you probably want those blue, white colours coming through. You kind of think of beach and a bit cooler and... It's hot, obviously, but you know, you want a, a cooler kind of an atmosphere. Um, you think of something like a gym, you probably want it to have more of a cooler white again because everyone's in there working out, so they don't want it to feel like it's a hot space. Yeah, <laughs> that, space. Yeah, they don't want to feel cozy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's always the first point is what kind of a style of a house you have, because you're probably not going to put a cooler white in a modern and a 
not a modern, sorry, in a country house. I just wouldn't go. It's just not the right kind of a look. I mean, you could do, but again, I probably wouldn't advise it. Um, and then again, it's that natural light, how much natural light you've got, which way your house is facing or the room. As to, again, like I was saying before, natural light, if you've got a south-facing room, you really need a warmer colour to give it that warmth because you doesn't get as much light. So those would be my two main questions I'd ask someone of us to go visit them at their site. Um, and then it comes down to those undertones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so a cool white, the hat has a little bit of black or grey or blue in it, and it can create quite a calm, modern feeling to the room. It's great to use... If you've got dark grey flooring, like charcoal, where you've got timber flooring with a little bit of a grey hint in it, it also needs a lot of natural light. It can just make it feel, especially in winter, can make you feel cold in that space. Mm, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you've really, it's, it needs that natural light to come in to give it that bit of a warmth. Right, okay. So I'm going to ask you a uh, personal selfish question yeah. <laughs> now so our home our property in Seaford we're not living there now but we've got a house in Seaford we've got some tenants in there mm-hmm. and the floors are beautiful high highly shiny yeah. <laughs> uh, Tasmanian oak so kind of yellowy yeah. and pinky bits through it yeah. <laughs> so technical Joe. <laughs> bits through it <laughs> um what sort of white would go with that it would would it be a warmer white i would i would choose a warmer white to go with that yeah that makes sense i never i never but it only needs to have the faintest of faint bit of warm color in yeah. there like it doesn't need i'm not saying paint a room wall that's going to give you that creamy color you yeah just want that tiniest and tiniest of little just a hint that you'd only be yeah. able to even tell if you put the bit of white paper up against exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. Okay, I'm feeling like an expert. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Now, you spoke to me during – we were chatting during the break about – oh, gosh, I've forgotten what it was. Patch testing, is, yeah. is, that, is that what it's called? Yeah, pa- full paint. Yeah, you, basically you really, really – I cannot stress this enough – need to test the colour and have it there for a good 48 hours – before you make the call. Oh, truly, and do 48 a large hours. sample because when I'm talking about all this natural light, there comes a time when it gets dark. So you need to make sure that you still like that colour at night or the early hours of the morning. Or And it's really important to, because you've got to think, what time am I going to spend the most in that space? Is it evening or is it in the morning if you're in your kitchen, you're doing breakfast or whatever, you know? So you've got to think, when am I most going to be in that space? Um, because that's all those factors that we are talking about before come into play. Don't paint it on your walls. You're going to have a nightmare painting over that. Um, So get some plasterboard, do an undercoat. Oh, my God, please do an undercoat. So many people don't do an undercoat, but in your house you'd paint an undercoat. So you've got to do an undercoat because that totally, again, affects the way the paint looks. Oh, mind blown because I would have thought just to paint it straight on the wall, but you're right. So (laughs) plaster, but... Do an undercoat. Oh, yeah. this and do a big patch, yes, big do at sample. Least an A4 size. Right. And then leave it for at least 48 yeah. hours. Oh, that is gold. Yeah. Now, gloss paint, which is like your more yes. shiny paint, and then matte paint, which doesn't have a shine. Mm-hmm. How do we figure out which one we, we're using? All right. So, a gloss paint is a lot more reflective. 
It's a lot more durable and a lot easier to clean. So it's a lot more hard wearing, basically. It's great for a high traffic area, such as doors, windows, trims, the downside to gloss paint. It can show up a lot of imperfections. So you really need to do your prep work when, you, when you're doing your doors and your trims and anywhere you're going to put gloss paint. Um, you're not going to put a gloss paint on your wall, but it definitely needs to go on those high traffic areas. areas. Um, you could also use a bit of a gloss, high gloss paint if you really had an architectural feature you wanted to highlight because it does have that shine to it. So you might have, let's just say on the exterior of your house, some interesting part you want to draw your attention to. So that's where you could use some gloss paint. So it might be the same colour as Ah. you're using, but it will give it a slightly different, I guess it's almost a form of texture, isn't it? Because it's glossy as opposed to the more matte colour. So so it'll just catch the eye, but it won't... But it's not going to stand out as much, maybe. That's clever. I like I like yeah, that. So that's so. how we're sort of deciding whether or not to use gloss or matte and where it where it goes. Yes, always use a gloss paint on your heart, um, your high traffic doors, trims. That's where your fingerprints are going to be. It's where you want to wipe them off. That's nice where and easy. You might get some scuff marks and things like that. So your skirting boards as well. Yep, that 100%. kind, yeah, because they, yep. yeah, okay. And again, another really cool thing to do is you can have the same white on your wall, or just say chosen white, as you do on your doors and your frames and your trims. But it's a gloss, so it gives it a completely different look. So you've got that texture. Yeah. It's not. It's not completely flat. It's yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't look like your whole space is the same color because it's got that shine level to it. Oh, that's really yeah. clever. I like that tip. Lots of good tips <laughs> on tonight's show. I think that. People listening are going to, if they're driving, they're going to have pulled over by now and are are taking notes. (laughs) Colour, there's a colour changes. I mean, colours don't change, but what's really in vogue changes. And sometimes I think you can walk into a house and you can can tell when it has been designed or or painted. What is your favourite colour trend at the moment or do you not even like colour trends do you just oh, like do you know yeah. like, it's such a hard question for me to answer because I think I work with colour all the time so I actually it, I just love quite a neutral palette because I'm surrounded in colour that when I go home I want to be removed from that if that makes sense so I I actually really love a neutral palette but I love lots of texture so you think of lots of knits and all those kind of different textures I really bring into my soft furnishings um, so that's my personal favourite. Um, and sort of the same, you know, it's just on the same spectrum of that hue, but you just have different um, texture added into it and makes just adds a bit more depth to your space is personally what I like. Yeah. I, <laughs> but, look, I mean, I always say to my clients, you can pick up a magazine and see something and go, oh, I really love it, but choose your gut instinct, like what you love. It doesn't have to be in vogue because you're the one spending the time in there, so you've got to love it. That's so true because I love that I've noticed a lot on Instagram and Pinterest the millennial pink for interiors and I think it looks so beautiful but I just – it's not for me in my space. Yeah, exactly. You've got to – I always say choose a favourite piece of clothing or an artwork and look at those colours and see how they make you feel and then that is the kind of colour palette you probably want to work with. Mm, That's smart. I like that. So if we were to get if we if we were to organize a color consultation what's actually involved in that So the first thing I actually ask someone to do is I actually ask them to create a bit of a Pinterest board 
of the style that they like. Um, so I can just, I just usually say no more than 10 images because you can get carried away. Oh, yes, oh I've God, done that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that helps me give an idea of the mood and the atmosphere that you're trying to create in your space. And then I will send you out a bit of a pre-planning sort of a questionnaire with some questions to help as well. Um, again, that just helps me to, tr- to understand the mood or the space you've got, whether it's large, small, what you're trying to create. And then once I've gathered all of that information, it's always an on-site visit. I prefer. You can do one online. You can get someone to send you photos. But I prefer to be there in person on site to see it with your own eyes. Because you've got to see the light. A hundred percent. And there's so many things that are missed in a photo that you don't see, that you need to see when you're there in person. So I always do an on-site visit. And then basically once we're there, we look at the existing features, your flooring, your cabinetry, your tiles, et cetera, et cetera, what you are going to change, what you're not. And then I'll come up with a few options. So I'll hold up some colour samples that I would recommend and you can say whether you like it or not. Again, it's another gauging tool for me whether you need to go a bit more cooler or warmer or what you you sort of want, whether you want a feature wall, all those sort of things. And then once we've narrowed it down, I will give you all the information of the colour, the area you want to put that in, the type of paint, like we are talking before, gloss or not gloss, and I'll give you a hard copy and also email that to you. So if you're out buying your paint or if you want to email it onto your, forward it onto your painter, then they can take that information. Perfect. So it sounds quite easy, but I really like that there's a lot of planning involved beforehand. And it sounds like that you as the colour consultant are able to be quite a chameleon. So you ask for people to fill in that paper, the questionnaire, ask for them to give you the Pinterest board and then you're able to adapt your recommendations that's based on their style what they like exactly because someone might choose you know quite country looking images in the house that they want but i might turn up to their house and it might be a 70s type house yeah so you've got a there's always that little bit of a it's almost negotiation between styles that you've got to bring together to work for the client and what they're after and what they've got to work with as well so there's a lot that goes into it so yeah, it just helps if you have that information before you turn up so that you can sort of understand what they want to create and then you can see it for yourself and work out what's going to work and what's okay. what if what At what stage do people usually ask you to come in and do a colour consult? Is it like what do you find? Is it before they've purchased a property? Is it before they do a big renovation or is it – does it really vary? A lot of it completely varies, to be honest. A lot of it is they've just bought a property and they don't actually know – I get a lot of this. They don't know what they're going to do with this space. They're going to redo the kitchen. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? But they want to put their own stamp on it or they want to give it a quick pickup while they decide what they want to do. Um, and so that's when I get a lot of come help me choose paint colours. Yeah. Because we don't know how to get a colour that's going to work with this older style kitchen, what's going on that still make us feel like we've modernised the place, things like that, I guess. Or you can get the people who have started doing the renovations, but they just have gone to the paint shop and got overwhelmed. Yeah, because it is <laughs> with, with all the whites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't yeah. know which white to choose. Yeah, and then so they go a little and... bit of both really that goes on. Okay, so yeah, yeah it, it varies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but it's not just paint too. We can help with tiles. And oh, you do? So you yeah, do the other – okay. We do, yeah. A lot of it does come down to people just wanting to choose the paint. If they're doing a whole renovation, they might have already got an interior designer who's completely different to something that I would do. But otherwise they might be really struggling with choosing a couple of tiles, high gloss, matte, et cetera, et cetera. So we can always incorporate that in there as well. Oh, that's great. So yeah. cabinetry, cabinetry yep. and that sort yep. of stuff. Yeah, it all comes down to Flooring. That. Yep, flooring. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, well, I, have, I, didn't, I didn't check with you before the show, but I'm going to ask you something yeah. live on air. Um, so say someone's building a house mm-hmm. and you know how when you're building a house, you've got to go in and pick your colours? Yeah. Do you help with that or is that not really part of the thing? So or? that can depend of your, who, you're, who you're building your house through. Some of them come with recommendations. Some don't. It's completely up to you. So, yes, it is something I can go on and help with. Um, Great. Yeah, it's completely up. It's obviously who's doing the building, yes. what they prefer to use. Some people just say you go choose. Some yeah. give them some options. So there's a few different things there. But, yeah, no, it's definitely – and that's a trickier one. It also and a really exciting one because everything's brand new. So it's like, oh, my God, where do I start? There's so much yeah. potential. <laughs> yeah. like there's, And I think here on the peninsula you get a lot of people who do custom builds. Yeah, so I, I so would it's am- a lot different to the areas where they've got all the new home. And, and it's kind of like a set – not a kit, but it's a yeah. set sort of group of styles that you choose from, whereas Correct. with a custom build – the, not like yeah. That at all. yeah, yeah. A lot of people have houses here that they're actually completely renovating, you know, like almost gutting it to an extent and changing yes. the floor layouts out. So you get a lot more exciting things like that. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Speaking of fun, I've got my two signature questions for you now. So first one, this is a new one that we, I've introduced to the show, which is what is your favourite interior design or architectural style from a bygone era? Well, again, I change this a lot, but... I currently am loving the Art Deco style. With all those curves that soften everything up, those curved up trays. Oh, I just want to get my house in a hands on a house and do it up. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be so much fun. It really softens a nice space. But yeah, I'm totally loving that Art Deco style. Oh, I love it as well. Yeah. Our Seaford House is Art Deco oh, cool. style. Just gorgeous. So much beautiful detail yeah. in the plaster work in particular. Oh, it's so yeah, yeah, gorgeous. So Art Deco and. The next signature question, what does the phrase dream home mean to you? Oh, if I was to be able to have my dream home, it would be an old villa that I'd done up, quite a large section. I'd love to have like a little wraparound um, balcony deck. <laughs> and then basically, I guess it's just the hair, hearing my children, having my husband there. I mean, it's really where my family is. It would be my ideal dream home. But it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I love old villas. I think they're beautiful. Oh, that I sounds know. gorgeous. And if people want to find you, follow you, get in contact with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so I've got a website set up, which is Colour Design. Is that a new one? Yes. Yeah, I thought, thought, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I've just recently finished doing it. So. <laughs> um, and then there's email, which is just melinda at colordesign.com.au or Instagram, Facebook, and that again is Color Designs. And I've got Melbourne on the end of that. Yeah, yeah, perfect. We might just give the URL for the, the website because yeah. if you Google Color Design, um, a few there's a few different bits and pieces that come up. So yeah. if you just 
put the URL colordesign.com.au, you will find the beautiful website. It looks gorgeous. So, yeah, just go and check it out just to have a look at it, even. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming in tonight. That was super informative, oh, really. For me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. I was, so, I was so glad when you accepted my invitation <laughs> to come on the show. So, heaps of really great information. I'm sure that all of you listening got a lot out of it. I'm very confident in that. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. Okay, take two of getting Carl on the line. We are heading into the finance segment with Carl. Carl, have I got you there? Yes, you have, Joe. <laughs> Yay. Okay, well, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've heard people talk about around, around town. Mm-hmm. Melinda's still in the studio. See, I told you I get awkward and I, when I get Carl. <laughs> When I get Carl on this show, I get very silly. Uh, okay, but the question is, why has my broker asked me for more paperwork? So people will say, not necessarily about you, Carl, but just to bro- brokers in general, uh, you lodge your application, your home loan a- a- application with your mortgage broker. They ask you for the paperwork, you submit all the paperwork, they send the application off to the lender and the broker comes back and asks you for more paperwork. Yeah. Why doesn't happen all the time but happens sometimes. Why does that happen? Oh, look, I would have to say that it happens quite often. Oh, okay. Um, because customers get things to, to, to disclose inf- little, little information or can't remember that. They applied for a, um, a personal loan, um, you know, three years ago, and they've just recently paid it. And you know, because they've paid it out, um, they've thought nothing of it, you know, because it's it's close to a customer. But to a bank, they'll go, well, <clears throat> you can see it on their credit file, and so we want to see evidence that it's actually been closed. So can you ask the customer to provide a letter from the bank to say that the personal loan has been finalised? That's one example uh, of why um, a broker would go back to the customer and ask for more um, documentation. Um, another one is a group certificate. You know, a, a bank wants to confirm a customer's income. Um, they just can't confirm it through pay slips. They want to know what they earned the last financial year. So if they're um, PAYG, so they work for someone, um, and the bank wants to confirm their income, um, they want to see a group certificate, uh, particularly when the income includes like um, overtime uh, or bonuses or commission. Uh, they just want to confirm what, what the, um, the extra income looked like. Um, in the last financial year that was lodged. Banks, bank assessors are very, very, very thorough in what they do. They ask for information that uh, are relevant to a customer's financial position. And they do that because they are under strict guidance by the Australian government, our regulators. They want to make sure that the loan that they're approving, a customer can meet the repayment uh, at the end of the day. Uh, that's exactly why they are being very, very thorough with their uh, home loan assessment. 
and uh, the additional information that they need from time to time. Okay, so initially when you're lodging the home loan application, the bank will say they need these six documents or whatever it is and then they'll look at the application, they'll look at the documents and then they'll they'll need to investigate certain things further or they'll discover that there are things that weren't disclosed by the by the borrower and usually those things the borrower is not purposely not disclosing information like you said they've just they've paid off a loan for example and they've forgotten about it exactly yeah like it's finished it's done to them but it's not done to the bank yeah they well yeah they they just want to confirm yeah okay but it's actually yeah that is actually you know that 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 particular facility is is closed you know like an example, a credit card. So if a customer applied for a credit card four years ago and um, during that four years they were using the credit card and they knew that they had to apply for a home loan and it was a credit card with a limit of $20,000 and they, you know, they've, they've done their homework and um, you know, to maximise their borrowing capacity they decided to close that $20,000 credit card down. So the bank can still see that. The bank assessor can still see that there was an inquiry four years ago from a bank for a credit card. They can see that on the report. And so, you know, um, they'll ask what what has happened to this credit card. Is it still in play or has it been closed down? If it has been closed down, can you please provide a copy of the closure statement? They want to make sure that customer uh, financial position is true and accurate at the time of the application. And, you know, with, with a credit card, the, the limit was $20,000. They have to factor in a liability against that credit card. And so that could affect the borrower's ability to service the debt that they're looking to get approval for. Okay, that's a good example there. Well, thank you so much for shining light on that. That makes perfect sense. So if you are lodging your home loan application either through the bank or through a broker and they ask you for more information, those are some of the reasons why that might happen. Carl, thank you so much for coming on for the finance segment tonight. I can hear a little bit of background noise. I'm wondering if that's our little boy, Marcus. (laughs) Uh, So before I let you go, can you please just let everyone know where they can find you, follow you or how they can get in contact? Yeah, um, we're on, in social media, uh, Violet of Finance, Facebook and Instagram, and um, they can also find us on the web, which is violetoffinance.com.au, and they can call us at the um, office, which is 0397750532. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a good night, and I will chat to you later. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on RPPFM. Take me home tonight. I just want to show you the true light. Light me up and make me feel alright. Cause baby, we are. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. We are heading into the Property Geek Out with Tara. Let's get into it. You're here with the Property Geek Out with Tara Vanderlight from Janestun Estate Agents. Um, I'm here to give you some geeky property news um, that might help you in this coming um, 
It might help you when you're going to buy your house. It might help you when you're going to sell your house. It might just help you create a gorgeous house for yourself. So I thought I might talk a little bit about how to research what to buy um, for for yourself. So if you're looking to do a bit of a lifestyle change, a bit of a move, um, here's some tips on how to do your research um, online and really um, do as much as you can online to make your actual house shopping a fun experience. So here's my hot tips for house shopping. So what the best thing to do is realestate.com.au. That is definitely the number one place to go to when you're looking for properties. Um, not endorsed, I promise. <laughs> anyway, so realestate.com.au, it's all there. Um, you can also look at domain um, as well, but it's it's not it's not the industry standard like um, realestate.com.au is. Most people are, are on there. Um, so the best thing to do is you know start looking at properties. Hopefully, you've got a bit of an idea about what kind of areas you like. Um, and um, start start looking at the different houses and, um, yeah, start collecting favourites so you can put a little star on it and you can choose which sort of houses you really like. And then set aside a Saturday where you go and look at, um, and it sounds like a bit of a marathon, but go look at eight of them. And that can be done quite easily. If you go onto realestate.com.au on a Friday night, um, and you've got all your favourite ones selected with a star. You can see what times their opens are and you can select what opens you want to go to. And you can save that directly to your calendar, okay? So you can basically create yourself a little bit of a schedule as to um, what houses you're going to see that Saturday. And generally speaking, if it's just yourself without you know, all the kids and the family with you. If um, it's just yourself as the scout, um, you can probably um, you can probably see about eight, and um, you probably only need to allow thirty minutes per house. Um, also, schedule in a little break there because you will eventually need to get a coffee or you know go to the bathroom or something like that, get a bit of a refreshment. So keep that in your schedule as well, um, and just go see these houses back to back, back to back, back to back to back to back, and you'll really get a really good sense about what sort of house you're looking for. Um, the, remember, these houses aren't going to necessarily be the ones that you buy. You're just getting a feel for the area and what the different houses have. So start with a really sort of blanketed approach and start seeing real life examples of them because they they look one way in photos, but can I tell you in real life, they're very different. So you really do need to get a real sense of what's out there. So once you start getting a bit of a sense of what's out there, you can start to be a little bit more deliberate in um, the properties that you start looking at. So you can start narrowing it down a bit and you'll start to develop favourite streets. You'll start to develop favourite pockets and you'll start to know what sort of house that you're looking for in that sort of region. Um, Once you start to know that, start looking um, at agents who operate in those areas and have conversations with them. Say, you know, what's in your pipeline? Do you have something coming up that, you know, might interest me? So have have conversations with them because if you develop good relationships with agents, quite often they'll tell you about properties before they hit the market and you might even be able to see them before they hit the market. Um, so that, that is a top tip because if, um, 
if you've seen a property before it's hit the market um, and you you know that's the one you want, you can be so much more organised and um, deliberate when you want to go and buy it. So it might just give you that advantage that you get to nab it before um, everyone else. Um, So that's my tips today. Happy house hunting. Um, If you are looking to sell your house or you want some more tips, by all means, contact me anytime. My name's Tara. It's 0433 601 578. And you can find me in, um, you can find me on my Facebook group, which is Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. Um, So if you get on Facebook and you search Building Dreams, Mornington Peninsula, um, you will find, yeah, my Facebook group. And we're a community of people who love to renovate, we love to build, we love to landscape, and we're in there and we're all sharing local ideas and resources. Um, So it'd be lovely to see you there. Otherwise, you can find me just by Googling Tara Vandalite um, and you'll find me on the Janice Dunn Estate Agent website. Um, And I hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Tara, for the Property Geek Out. Lots of value in there as usual. And that brings us to the end of the show. So I'd like to say thank you so much for tuning in tonight to all of our live listeners and to all of our podcast listeners. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a live listener and you've ever missed a show, you can always go back through the archives and listen to the podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere that you find good podcasts. I've said podcasts about four times in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> if you do listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, please leave a five-star rating and review. It helps other people find us. And shout out to everybody listening in Carnegie this week. Um, Carnegie was the biggest concentration, had the biggest concentration of podcast listeners this week. So, And I love Carnegie. We used to live near there. I, I really like the gym there. And there's a great dumpling place. <laughs> Uh, and also please connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Dream Home Movement or Violetta Finance as well of course that's it for this week and I look forward to chatting with you again next week bye